Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 284 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Marcus. Grandpa, yay! Say hi to Snoopy for us and give him many scritches and scratches and little massages. That's what the doc I says. Sing, I sing like that little song. I sing a little song to Phil whenever I'm scratching him. Scratches and scratches and little massages. <laughs> and he just like goodness. stands and lets me just like scratch him. Oh, it's very loud today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. All right. So today we will be discussing part one of chapter 29 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The Phoenix Lament. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to lament your way through the details. <laughs> <laughs> but before we begin, we're going to go to Make's Mouse Tales for weekly profit news on something that has been literally years in the making. Yeah, I am curious. Um to see like how okay anyway first of all it's basically the encyclopedia this is yes. what people have asked for for so long um so on wizardingworld.com they published an article on march 3rd it says the book that many fans have been waiting for is officially on its way the harry potter wizarding almanac is the first official companion to the Harry Potter series, an encyclopedic exploration of the stories you know and love coming the 10th of October. Get it for me for my birthday the next day. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That is true. <laughs> um, I so... want it too for Katie's birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's coming out through Bloomsbury and Scholastic. Um, it is quote, richly illustrated and packed with all sorts of magical tidbits about the Harry Potter stories. Some you may know, some you may not. All wrapped up in gorgeous new illustrations. Phil is going nuts, and I'm sorry if anybody can hear him, but eh, it is. It's just part of the process. Let's um, go. <laughs> <laughs> all wrapped up in gorgeous new illustrations by seven talented artists. Peter goes, Lois Blockhart. Blockhart. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce some of these names. Wei Tong Mei, Alia Musa, Fam Kwong. Nope, I can't pronounce these either. Levi Pinfold and Thomas Lovtomic. We tried, friends. You can look up at this article. I'm going to post the link. Obviously, it's going to be in the description. But <laughs> he is, <laughs> is he's either very excited or very angry about this. This he news. Wants his sweater I off. think he wants his sweater off that he has, which I will take off after this. Why is he wearing a sweater? Because it's cold out, Tiffany. He's a Florida dog. He's, he's cold. Out. Fur. 
told me. He told well, he's me. angry. He didn't um, tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks really cute in it, okay? Um, <laughs> there's a ton. I, I just, I love vastly illustrated books. Like, books that are yes. like, this is like, this is my jam. It's Look at the sorting hat on the cover. It's yeah. so oh. And then, like, they, they have a page about... Um, clothing and stuff like that and it's just like all the little illustrations of all the different outfits i love um, the cover i'm obsessed with yeah. the cover <gasps> it feels just to like um unesco like 2001 yeah yes yes before <sighs> the movies yeah <gasps> there's a teeny um, deathly hallows oh my god oh there's a beautiful illustration of hogwarts in there too like um mm. With like all the different like what's on each level, basically, yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it you can check this out, um, dude. That werewolf page is really cool. Yes, it's a it werewolf is. Page. and Time Turners page. They're mm-hmm. next to each other. That's really awesome. So cool. There's so many cool little sneak peeks um, in this article. So. I have a feeling that they're going to be giving us some information on different Patronuses, too, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is cool because we've only been going off of, like, fan-made stuff from MuggleNet when we, like, yeah. go into what Patronuses mean. Oh, Jinx, you me cook <laughs> for the Discord. I know. I sent, a, I sent the link to it at like, the same time. I was like, you guys didn't say the same thing at the same time. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, that is the weekly profit news this week that I I wonder. I mean, like the the picture doesn't look like it's a super thick book. But I hope it is. Same. (laughs) Don't judge it by its cover, Megan. Yeah. I know. I do that. I'm though. excited though. <laughs> um, so anyway, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then they may too. subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at Swish Flick cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, our live recordings, our trivia games, our swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. As always, we're accepting Potter stories. Any fun things, questions, or concerns can be sent to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Stephanie and Katie had a dance party <laughs> while I was saying all that. What? It, it sounded awesome. like a beautiful song. <laughs> <laughs> also, when I put my Ooh. arms up, both shoulders went crack, crack. And I was like, I wondered Whoa. what that face was. <laughs> it was so loud. Oh, oh to be old. Boy, er, I'm not old yet. <laughs> I have like a random like numb spot in my back sometimes. And I looked out on the internet and it was like, could be stress. And I was like, oh, okay, that tracks. Could be a pinched nerve. I was like, maybe. And then I was like, could be weightlifting injury. And I was like, yeah, that could also be it. And then Marty had the audacity to go, well, you know, when you start to get older. And I said, excuse me? 
<laughs> I am a spring chicken. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Please take several seats. Several. I don't need to hear that. Seats. Zip the <laughs> lips. No, thank you. So oh, there was that. Boy. Oh well, what is? What do you think a phoenix song would sound like? I kind of picture Ariel singing for her voice to get taken. Ah, ah, it's time ah, for the recap. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, Megan. Yeah, anytime. Now, whenever I think about Dole or dying, I'm going to think of Ariel popping out of nowhere singing. Well, add this Are we to all it. recording today with snarblaps? Or maybe dingle hoppers. What are these things in front of our face? Oh, whoa, what a swim. Oh, whoa, what a swim. Brandon just renamed the song to Kiss the Corpse. Oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> and he's laughing at himself. That's dark. <laughs> what? what would oh, Scuttle call oh. a microphone? Uh, I don't know. Discord. My this brain, she's she's not in session right now. Can someone else think of something? It's a snaggle flagger. Snaggle flagger. A loofle tutor. Back in the day, you used to use these things to talk to each other. Oh wow! Loofle what a tutor. swim! Wow! What a swim! Oh wow! What a swim! <laughs> Underrated. (laughs) Underrated. (laughs) Oh, God. I love that movie. Well, there's the Disney. uh, Did anybody have that on their bingo card? Because there it is. (laughs) Right? For real. Okay. This Phoenix Lament recap is brought to you by... So Harry has to say the words. (laughs) Say it out loud. No! You sicken me. (laughs) That would be a record for it to be the quickest I've been in toilet. Uh, (laughs) Snape killed Dumbledore. But this news is so astounding that Hagrid literally cannot firmly grasp it until they walk together back to the school. (laughs) Firmly grasp it! And he sees it with his own eyes. Uh, there's a whole group at the foot of the astronomy tower. Very sad. And Harry finds the locket that they got near Dumbledore. Guess what? Horcrux is a fake. Mm. Only has a note inside from R.A.B. Who is this rab? I don't know. <laughs> Who is this rab? <laughs> Man. I, I have to make it fun. Think it's we're, really sad. Yeah, I think we're gearing up for tears, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. It's your turn, honey. Just why? All right. I tried to finish it and I almost did. Um, almost. So I'm going to just wing the end of it. Guys, I forgot to do my summary. Are we shocked? No. Okay. Look at that whole paragraph you did, though. I know. I'm really impressed. And I'm still not done. Like, what the heck? (laughs) Hagrid tries to get Harry to come inside, but he won't leave. But Ginny does. 
because you know that flowery scent just mm. drags him away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so this is when he learns that no one else died and the felix <laughs> files <laughs> what <laughs> i said the felix files like a real dummy the felix felicis 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 <laughs> my god felix felicius <laughs> worked and bill is seriously injured and that is not funny (laughs) then harry has to drop the news that dumbledore is dead and lupin is in shock um then they hear the phoenix and it's lament McGee comes in and Harry again has to break the news that he's seen Snape kill Dumbledore and the adults all begin to speculate about Snape's badness level, you know, like Stitch. And Harry reveals why Dumbledore trusted him, a.k.a. Snape. And Harry then goes on to explain the vanishing cabinet business. And then we get the recap of the fight. And that is when I ran out of time writing my summary. So let's scroll on down to Katie's notes. Um, (laughs) You can just just say some other things happened. (laughs) Hermione is upset that she didn't believe Harry. And we'll leave it at that. All right. I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a roll tonight. Okay. Well, I would love to bring the joy and laughter, but this is not a funny section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hold on. I got to make this bigger for my eyes. And my handies aren't working. Okay. So, Haggard's trying to get harry to come with him but harry wants nothing to do with it um he doesn't want to leave dumbledore's side he doesn't want to move and that's like how long has he been there i wonder Uh, i mean long enough for people to gather right long enough for the castle to be woken up long enough Right. For him Come to down. find that locket, open it, read it, and then, yeah, have people come down and gather. And, like, there's a crowd. Yeah. Um, so. And Hagrid has his hand on Harry's shoulder, and he's shaking. And then there's another voice, you know. It's a smaller and warmer hand now that's on him. And someone starts to pull him up. And he kind of just obeys the pressure without really thinking about who it is. And he, as he's walking, he still doesn't really know who's leading him. But then he notices a, quote, flowery scent, which we know is Ginny. And she's leading him back into the castle. 
And this part, like, I mean, obviously, like, all of this is really sad. But the way that this part reads to me this time is devastating. Um, The voices that he's hearing are battering him. They battered him. There's sobs. There's shouts. And there's wails. And it's described as stabbing into the night. And... If you think about where those are coming from, you have children as young as what I would probably think would be like 12 at this point in the year. Maybe some are still 11 if they maybe turned 11 later. Um, 11 to 12-year-olds all the way up to what Wizarding World would be adult 17-year-olds are finding out that Albus Dumbledore is murdered at school. And they're shouting and wailing. Like, it's... If you think about grief, like, it's one thing for you to break down and cry. And I know that for me, when I... I feel like I've really this is getting really personal but like when I experience like one of the most hardest things in my life like I made very loud sounds that I would probably consider to be wailing when I was crying but usually if I'll cry it's like a silent cry but people are shouting like there's fear and just grief Mm-hmm. of epic proportions and it just makes me so incredibly sad for these kids and these adults yeah and so Ginny's leading him back up the stone steps into the entrance hall people again are whispering about Harry Potter they're peering at him they're wondering about him And this is definitely a throwback to how Harry was feeling in Chamber of Secrets and Goblet of Fire. Um, So I thought that that was an interesting callback by the author. The amount of stuff this kid's gone through (laughs) is just mind-boggling. Well, and... Isaiah just brought up... Go ahead. So sorry. No, go ahead. Being 11, and then, like, this is your intro to Hogwarts. Right. (laughs) Welcome to the Harry Potter years. We're glad you're here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Honestly. Um, And so as this is that part, the whispering, the peering at him, the wondering about him is a beautiful foreshadowing set up to undesirable number one, because he's undesirable number one, according to the ministry, which is really according to Voldemort in secret, that um, they want him for questioning about the death of Albus Dumbledore, because he was the person there seen running from the scene, seen running from the tower. So, I mean, that storyline just laid itself out perfectly right here. Right. Um, Gryffindor rubies were cast all over the floor and Harry thinks like they're like drops of blood. And I thought, well, the blood of a Gryffindor was definitely spilled that night. And it was more than one. It was obviously Bill and Dumbledore. That's a really good connection, Tiff. Yes. 
So Ginny tells him that they're going to go to the hospital wing. And he's like, I'm not hurt. Honey. You've you. We know you have like a slash across your face. <laughs> You're right. definitely hurt. Um, and Ginny. He's just. Go ahead. No, I was just like, he's probably just like also so overstimulated. By just yeah. Like, you know, every, obviously everything. Yeah. Just can't even imagine. Yeah. I feel like he's kind of in a daze. He's in shock. So he's just like, like he's going through the motions and he doesn't even look. He doesn't take the time to look to see who's leading him. It's her scent that tells him who it is. So he's like, not that he, he just, it's almost like he's given up in this moment. He's given into the moment rather not given up, but like, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just leading where somebody else is following. I'm not the person to lead this right now. You know what? He kind of like hands the reins over to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jenny glosses over this and ignores it pretty much. And she is like, it's McGonagall's orders that we're going. Everybody's up there. Everybody that he loves. Ron, Hermione, Lupin, everybody. And then he gets a little dose of kind of back in the moment and fear crosses him again. And in the mess, he thinks that he's forgotten the people whom he left behind. And so right to the point he goes, is anyone else dead? And she reports that none of them are dead. And then he mentions what Malfoy says about somebody being dead. And the fact that the dark Mark was above the school. She tells him that Malfoy stepped over bill, but bill is alive. But something in her voice is very off. And Harry knew that this didn't mean anything good. So he asks her if she's sure. So she tells him what happens. And she says, quote, of course, I'm sure he's a, a bit of a mess. That's all. Grayback attacked him. Madame Pomfrey says he won't won't look the same anymore. Jenny's voice trembled a little. We don't really know what the after effects will be. I mean, Greyback being a werewolf, but not transformed at the time. But the others, there were bodies on the ground. Neville and Professor Flitwick are both hurt, but Madame Pomfrey says they'll be all right. And a Death Eater is dead. He got hit by a killing curse. That huge blonde one was firing off everywhere. Harry, if we hadn't had your Felix potion, I think we, I think we'd all have been killed. But everything seemed to just miss us, so it worked. Hooray! What, like, a crazy thought to think, you know? Because, I mean, like, you know, regardless of if they had had the Felix Potion or not, they would have been out there fighting. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. Just, like, as a 30-some-year-old looking back on this, I'm just like, why are you out there? Why are you out there? You are 15 and 16 years old. Like, I just literally just have such a hard time comprehending that now reading this as an, uh, you know, older adult. Like, Mm -hmm. I cannot believe I cannot believe that they were put into that situation, that they could have died at 15 and 16. Well, they put themselves in that situation. Phil. Billy, Billy, quiet, buddy. It's, it's okay. okay. No, it's danger. No, but honestly, like 
they they put themselves in that position. You know, I don't think anybody in the order was like, let's go. But they, I mean, but the fact, I guess when the their world that, is threatened, you know, I mean, yeah. think about real time life when you have underage kids back in all of, you know, the wars that America's fought in trying to join the armed forces before they were of age because they had something yeah. that they knew was worth to them fighting for. Yeah. It's just <laughs> scary. It's, it's, just like, it's just like mind boggling to me to be like mm -hmm. all of those kids could have died. Yeah. And it's just an exceptional group of kids, too. Like, they're not yeah. just, I don't know, the everyday kid. <laughs> so once they're in the hospital wing, he saw Neville was lying in a bed and he was sleeping. Hermione, Ron, Luna, Tonks, and Lupin were all gathered around another bed that was at the far end of the ward. And Hermi Hermione saw him and she ran to him, throwing her arms around him. And that's very um, callback to Chamber of Secrets as well. Um, after she gets woken up. And Lupin also moves towards him. And he's looking really anxious. And no and order. In order. She like runs and hugs him when he gets to Grimald Place as mm. well. Mm -hmm. uh, That's okay. just like a Hermione greeting, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a relationship, brother, the brother-sister relationship that Harry feels um, yeah. for her. And so let's talk about Lupin for a second here. So he's looking anxious, and this is in my mind, no doubt due to trauma. Obviously, the battle is one thing, but trauma for him with Fenrir being there, he's out, he's biting. He was the person who attacked him. Um, the person who, in his mind, ruined him, ruined his life, ruined him as a person because he feels like he is less. So he's yeah. reliving this trauma, and he knows his role in this because of who he is, that he's going to be the one to help mentor Bill with whatever he needs, because now Bill is going to have some kind of wolfish effects. Um, and he's that kind of person where he would put his trauma aside to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's my boy. I, mm. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit in my section, but I like truly really feel for Lupin in this chapter. Yeah. This is I a hard. I always really feel for him. <laughs> but like this, this in general is just a very hard moment for him on many different levels. Absolutely. With, with Bill, with Dumbledore, with Snape, like there's just a lot going on mm -hmm. in his mind, this chapter. Well, he's reliving different trauma as well. He's yep. reliving Wormtail trauma, too. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Lupin asks Harry, like, how you doing? And Harry's like, I'm fine. <laughs> That's like me saying I'm OK. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> are, are or if I say K. <laughs> if hey. I re if I text you back K, I'm not. K. 
<laughs> oh, uh. my God. And Harry then goes on and asks about Bill. And nobody answers him. And so Harry looks over Hermione's shoulder and he saw, quote, an unrecognizable face lying on what was supposed to be Bill's pillow. And I don't think that that registered with me until this read. Like I knew that he was bitten and, and, and whatnot, but the fact that he was unrecognizable, he was basically mauled mm-hmm. by Fenrir. He's like, check out my cool scar. I know he's got like four little things, but right. definitely not the case. Um, unrecognizable. So Fenrir had maimed him to the point where you couldn't know probably that that was a Weasley besides the red hair. Um, And he was so badly slashed and ripped that he looked, quote, grotesque. Like that truly did not register with me until this read. Me me either. Mm. I wish they would have done that better in the movies. Yes, I wish they would have done that better because I feel like... (laughs) I don't know. Like it, it diminishes the severity of what was going on. I feel like they and how powerful well, I mean, of a villain Fenrir is. Yeah, <sighs> I think that part of it is in this one they were trying. Well, I mean they were trying to gloss over the fact that there was even like a fight, right? You know, in in six. Yeah, there was no battle. So yeah, so and I guess when you get to Deathly Hallows. And you get to Shell Cottage. It's like, Wh- why yeah. would he have been injured? You never showed it for the moviegoers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, book no book readers know better. Book knowers. <laughs> We're book knowers. Book knowers. <laughs> All right. So Madame Pomfrey's there and she's dabbing at Bill's wounds with some harsh smelling green. Ding. Ding. The bell's too far away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Harry thinks to Snape healing Malfoy's wounds from Sectumsempra with his wand so easily. And I want to point this out, that even in this moment, he notes Snape's skill as a a wizard and as his teacher. Um, Even though that skill can't be applied in this moment, he still thinks about it. And I just found that to be very interesting. Yeah. So he inquires about this. He says, quote, can't you fix them with a charm or something? He asks the matron. She says, no charm will work on these, said Madame Pomfrey. I've tried everything I know, but there is no cure for werewolf bites. But he wasn't bitten at the full moon, said Ron, who was gazing down into his brother's face as though he could somehow force him to mend just by staring. Greyback hadn't transformed, so surely Bill won't be a a real... He looked uncertainly at Lupin. So here's the mentor part. He's having to answer these questions, even though I think that he would probably prefer that nobody talk about this ever again because he hates it. But he's doing it anyway because that's the kind of guy he is. He says, no, I don't think that Bill will be a true werewolf, said Lupin. But that does not mean that there won't be some contamination. Those are cursed wounds. They are unlikely to ever heal fully. And... And Bill might have some wolfish characteristics from now on. 
You can call him Jacob Black. <laughs> I tell you to leave, but you can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on who now? <laughs> uh, yes. Part of the new crew. Welcome, Bill, to Jacob's friendship group of dogs. I don't know what they are called. Jacob Shapeshifters. A werewolf. <laughs> you get very upset about that. <laughs> I just hate it. He's a fake wolf, right? Who's a, a fake shapeshifter wolf? Shapeshifter. That happens to turn into a wolf. Oh, man. Anyways, Ron suggests that Dumbledore might know something that that could work to fix Bill. Uh, yeah, he might. And then he gets uh. really upset because he's like, Bill was fighting those Death Eaters on Dumbledore's orders. Dumbledore owes him, right? He gets frustrated. And Ginny rips the Band-Aid off and is very to the point. Quote, Ron, Dumbledore's dead. And that's news to everyone in this room. Oh, I just got really bad chills. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And Lupin is the first to verbally react to this. And he shouts, no. And he's looking wildly from Ginny to Harry, as though hoping the latter might contradict her. But when Harry did not, Lupin collapsed into a chair beside Bill's bed, his hands over his face. Harry had never seen Lupin lose control before. He felt as though he were intruding upon something private, indecent. Harry thinks this about um, chicken wing Voldemort soul horcrux <laughs> at his King's Cross <laughs> in the indecency of the moment. I'm sorry. If I you really don't, that, you. <laughs> if you don't chicken know wing. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Watch Deathly Hallows Part 2. Chicken wing or Voldemort soul bite? <laughs> chicken wing, chicken wing. <laughs> chicken macaroni. We need a Voldemort version of that. Oh, my God. Uh, Harry can't look at this. Um, so he, he turns away and he catches Ron's eye instead and exchanging in silence a look that confirms what Ginny had said. Oh, this is packed. Okay, so <sighs> Lupin's champion, his protector, this high-profile figure who fights for him, powerful, strong, is gone. And this is a gigantic blow to him and his future. Yeah, I do truly think that, like... <sighs> Lupin doesn't see himself going anywhere now way less than he even did um, because the only champion that he had behind him with power was Dumbledore mm -hmm. I mean I, I, I he feels like he probably has no one. Yeah. I mean, who, yeah. who, who does he have? James is dead. 
Wormtail's basically dead to him. Sirius is dead. Sirius is dead. Dumbledore's dead. Um, Now you bring up Tonks, but Tonks to him, I feel like I'm not saying they're not great together. I'm not saying that in the slightest, but he, I feel like he doesn't really show her that vulnerable side altogether because of the way that seven goes and how he's miserable the entire time. You know what I mean? Like he's, I don't know how to explain it. It's different with his friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really hard for him to be vulnerable. Yeah. And he just shuts down to her rather than talking to her. And tries mm-hmm. to get up and bounce. You know what I mean? And that's when he and Harry have their scuffle. Harry's literally... He, he, Harry's literally thrown into a wall with a spell. Into the brick wall. Like, that's how... Angry he is at himself. Mm-hmm. And he takes it out on Harry. Granted, mm-hmm. Harry... Calm down. You did not need to say those things in that way. Like both of them are so heated in that moment. Um, it definitely should have gone down differently. But like, I don't know. I feel like the the last of his friends, I guess, you know, Molly, Arthur, people in the order. That's one thing. But like his core group. Yeah. Is gone. Especially because like Dumbledore is the reason he has a whole core group. Right. Like, without Dumbledore, none of that would have happened. He wouldn't have gone to school like a normal kid. Yes. He wouldn't have had a chance at a normal life. He, I mean, granted, he doesn't have a normal life because mm. there's still a lot of stigmatism out there and all that, but he was right. given a chance that others like him were not because of Dumbledore. And now that figure and a, the giant legendary figurehead of this whole war is gone. Like, it's hard not to have, like, an extreme blow of hope, I think, mm. for any of them. So, I was looking up his parents. Mm-hmm. Hope, his mom, Hope, died prior to Voldemort's fall in the first Wizarding War. And we don't know when or if Lyle, his dad, died. It says eventually Remus died in the Second Wizarding War, leaving Lyle with only a grandson, though whether Lyle was dead by 1998 or whether he ever met his grandson is unknown. I thought he was... I thought his dad was dead. I don't know. It says that... Oh. We don't know. We just know I that wonder he was why left a I thought that. Um, yeah, his story in those little ebooks. Um, you want to cry? We'll read that. <laughs> need a good cry. Here's a good starter. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And so, speaking of talks, she speaks up, but in a whisper. And I kind of imagine her head like down, just completely defeated body language. And she whispers um, and asks how Dumbledore died. Quote, 
Snape killed him, said Harry. I was there. I saw it. We arrived back on the astronomy tower because that's where the mark was. Dumbledore was ill. He was weak. But I think he realized it was a trap when we heard footsteps running up the stairs. He immobilized me. I couldn't do anything. I was under the invisibility cloak. And then Malfoy came through the door and disarmed him. And there's the moment where everybody is informed and made aware of the Elder Wand's power passing. But obviously this isn't important to anyone until Harry realizes it in Seven. Um, But that's... I just thought that that was kind of interesting that like everybody's made known of this now but they don't nobody knows that it's important (laughs) even harry right because how many of them even (laughs) none of them believe in the elder ones i yeah i mean maybe some of them know it as the powerful wand like hermione knows from history of magic yeah um but uh i don't think anybody none of this is important until they know the story of the hallows and that they're real. Um, so if you didn't already mark your bingo cards for mentions of seven, please do so now. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so Hermione claps her hands to her mouth as she learns this information. Um, and I just pose the question. Do you think at this moment, Harry, no, Hermione oh. and Ron, mm feel a little bit like garbage because they didn't believe Harry about Malfoy. Yes, I do. For almost an entire school year. I really do. I think they probably feel the way Harry felt in order. Yeah. At the end of order when, you know, he realizes that he was incorrect Mm -hmm. and was duped. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And caused Sirius's death. And now, like, do you think that it would go as far to say that they feel slightly responsible for Dumbledore's death, though they have no reason to? I could I could see guilt doing that to somebody, even though survivor's guilt, it wouldn't be. I mean, obviously, they can't control anything, even if they were to have gone to Dumbledore. I mean, he already knew what was up, so. But in yeah, their heads, right. I could see them being feel, like feeling guilty. Although I don't believe that any of that is mentioned. But obviously, no. these are Harry's books. Right. Um, so Harry then goes on to explain a little more and says more Death Eaters arrived. And then Snape arrived. And then Snape did it. Quote, the Avada Kedavra. Um, the, the Avada Kedavra. <laughs> And this makes Madame Pomfrey burst into tears. And Poppy! Oh! Poppy. I still think that they had a fling. It's possible. It's Why possible. No, I... No. Well... You could be, I mean, he, he could, could be, be bi. bisexual. I know, but I, now but I'm thinking... I think if he... said he's gay, then... Yeah. So he's not. They just... We're friends. I guess. Maybe she's the way he blushed, the way he blushed got me in my heart. I know. But, um, Elfia Stoge, for sure. They for sure had a thing. I love that. Totally. For sure. Um, I think that, did Elfia Stoge ever marry anybody because of the way that he talks about Dumbledore to Harry at Bill and Fleur's wedding? I'm like, oh my God. Little sus. Mm-hmm. Very sus. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this next part makes me laugh a little bit, actually, because Ginny literally shushes Madame Pomfrey. Girl, Ginny. you have guts. Um, but then they hear it somewhere out in the darkness. This is a quote from the book. Somewhere out in the darkness, a phoenix was singing in a way Harry had never heard before. A stricken lament of terrible beauty. And Harry felt, as he had felt about Phoenix Song before, that the music was inside him, not without. It was his own grief turned magically to song that echoed across the grounds and through the castle windows. I just think that's beautiful writing. It's a little ball of light. (laughs) Oh my god. I just have a thought. Do you think that a Phoenix song sounds different to every person who hears it? Like, is every person's grief sound different to them? Ooh, I would... Yeah, because don't colors look different to people too? Like even Ooh, though I we all see that conversation, <laughs> nobody gets that conversation whenever we have it. Like we all see similar versions, but aren't they all like different to us? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but I I have I'm, had. The, go ahead. I like when you I'm it. always trying to explain <laughs> this question to people, and nobody gets it. So I wonder if you will, Tiff. Okay. So like. Our entire lives, we are always so like everybody sees what they see, right? Like you don't know exactly what I see, and I don't know exactly what you see, right? Because okay, who knows? Because you have so eyes like, and I have eyes. All you, right. As a teacher, hold up a card and you say, "This is red, 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 red. Apples are red." Blah blah blah. What if Katie sees red how I see purple, but she is always taught that that is red? Like red is red. But what red if I see it in them. a different way than someone else sees red? But it is red because that's what we're taught. But like we would never know. Would so, we? Like so are there, you asking be... if somebody was taught what the wrong thing? No. <laughs> no. No, I'm just saying it is interesting to me that like our entire lives, we're always taught the same things. But like, are we all sure that we see the same things? You know what I'm saying? So like. You're always going to see what is taught as red, however you see it. Because that is correct. But what if your red right. looks like how red... my eyes perceive blue? Right. Or how my eyes perceive green or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't that so bizarre? So it's like, what if I always see red how you see green? And like our worlds just look completely different. But, but like, you're how would we correct because, because that's red. Right. Because we're always taught like the same things are the same thing this is like the conversation where sasa was like you've never actually seen your own face yes yeah and i and i hated that yeah (laughs) just like so weird yes i don't don't want to talk about this anymore (laughs) it's like hearts are red okay but like i see red how i see red but what if katie sees red a totally different way and like how would we know we're not gonna know right oh my goodness it's just weird Anyway, <laughs> if anybody understands what I'm saying, let me know. <laughs> because I feel like literally the only person who's ever understood that conversation is Katie. <laughs> anyway, that's why you're married. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Um, so Harry didn't know why, but the Phoenix song seemed to like actually be easing his pain. Um, which I thought was interesting. It was almost like a different way that the Phoenix heals. Oh my God. Yeah. I like that. They heal through tears, but then they also could heal through song. Why they heal through grief. Yeah. Oh my God. So is Dumbledore death? 
he is death personified. Yeah. Why not? But after a while, <sighs> G comes in and she had a graze on her face and her robes were ripped because mm. she had been fighting as well. Who touched you? Coming after them. Right? Mm-hmm. Tell Harry. He'll go crucio them. Um, right. <laughs> she said that Molly and Arthur were on their way and then she asked Harry what happened and he gets to again tell the story mm. all uh, to the best of his ability in the moment, which is not very much, but mm-hmm. McGonagall had mentioned that Hagrid had told her some things and that quote Snape was involved in some and then Harry cuts her off and says Snape killed Dumbledore and that was really all he could say yeah which I totally understand yeah um so then McGonagall I'm just gonna read this little blurb from the book Snape repeated McGonagall faintly falling into the chair we all wondered but he trusted always Snape I can't believe it Hey, this is Megan from Swish and Flick. I wanted to tell you all about Book of the Month. I love the curated list of books that is available every month. It makes it so easy to find something for you. Book of the Month focuses on new and upcoming authors. It's really helped me to venture beyond my regular genres. I am so excited at the start of every month to see what Book of the Month has picked. And what's better than getting a cute blue box in the mail with a book in it? I was so excited to see this month The Paradise Problem by Christina Lauren was a pick. You guys know how much I love their writing. I've already started it, and it's everything you could expect from a Christina Lauren novel. Book of the Month is offering a great intro offer for the month of May. You get your first book for $5 with the code PETALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, and shipping is always free. Head on over to bookofthemonth.com and use code Petals. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now we get to talk about Lupin a little bit because he, I think, I mean, I I would say I know, is incredibly peeved about Snape, I think, right now. Mm. And the trust Mm -hmm. that Dumbledore had with Snape. So Mm -hmm. Lupin explains that Snape was a highly skilled Occlumens. He sounded, quote, uncharacteristically harsh. And I definitely believe that this is Remus being influenced by James and Sirius and going back to the views of them in school. Like he's thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe that Dumbledore believed him. We all know that Snape is a highly skilled Occlumens. He is untrustworthy. He's not to be trusted, period. I can't believe anybody would trust him. And he is uncharacteristically harsh because, as we know, Remus, Remus bites the bullet and like says good things about Snape during Prisoner of Azkaban because he makes him the Wolfsbane potion. He, mm-hmm. like, I mean, yeah, he, like, <laughs> he outed him to the world, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, But he still stands by the fact that he did him a huge favor that year 
and made that potion for him. Um, but now he's kind of going back on that and is mad again. Yeah. Um, it's like, Meg, go ahead. Before this happened, and Janine just confirmed it too, mm. in the fifth book, he, Remus justifies Dumbledore's <laughs> trust in Snape. Like, it's like, Dumbledore trusts yeah. him, we trust him. But like now, no, all hats off. He's a traitor, you know? Yeah. Without <laughs> like, and like, that is the way it is to be seen because that's how it plays out. But like, you lost your trust in Dumbledore too, almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you just feel like Dumbledore got duped big time. I think he's just, yeah, he's just mad. A little broken. He's just mad. Yeah. Um, so Tonks whispers that Dumbledore swore he was on their side and she always thought Dumbledore must know something about Snape that they didn't. And Accurate. <laughs> yeah. And McGonagall chimes in with similar thoughts. And um, this is a quote from the book. I believe this is McGonagall. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah, it is. He always hinted that he had an ironclad reason for trusting Snape. I mean, with Snape's history, of course, people were bound to wonder. But Dumbledore told me explicitly that Snape's repentance, which is like regret or remorse, was absolutely genuine. Wouldn't hear a word against him. And Tonks wonders what Dumbledore knew. And Harry just says, I know. Mm -hmm. um, he knows to a point. He well, fully know yet, well, he knows, he knows to a point. He knows what Trelawney said. I mean, think about how all this just happened this night. Right. right. I know. It's, it's so nuts. much. Wait, he heard that from Trelawney tonight? Yes. yes. All the right before night. they left. Yeah. Holy. Okay, so he says, this is Harry talking, Snape passed Voldemort the information that made Voldemort hunt, hunt down my mom and dad. Then Snape told Dumbledore he hadn't realized what he was doing. He was really sorry he'd done it. Sorry that they were dead. And Lupin then says, and Dumbledore believed that. Ooh. And he says this incredulously, which is like unwilling or unable to believe something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because we know the hatred that he felt towards James. And that is absolutely what Remus is thinking of. He said, Dumbledore believes Snape was sorry James was dead. Snape hated James. Yes. It's almost as if these feelings have been underlying the entire time and he just needed this uh -huh. confirmation to tap right back into them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was like, it was kind of like he was doing Dumbledore a favor. Mm-hmm. Like, by like, trusting and being grateful for the things that Snape did. Right. I mean, because think about what Snape outing him did to his life. Yeah. It, that was hugely awful. <laughs> hugely <laughs> awful. Hugely awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But like, Honestly. We all know that he was, in fact, not sorry about James. Meaning Snape. Mm -hmm. He was not sorry about James. He didn't he even... wasn't sorry about mm -hmm. Harry. Nope. He didn't care if Harry died. He didn't care if James mm -hmm. died. Nope. He just cared about Lily. Yeah. So I said, let's talk about that because Lupin's correct here. Snape was never sorry James was dead. He never wanted James spared. James spared. He only cared about Lil. 
and he also didn't <laughs> care about Harry. I'm Lil. sorry. I'm sorry. I, Phil and I, Lil? I, Phil and yeah. Lil? Is that what we're <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, I always call her Lil. Anyway. It's, um, it honestly sickens me, as well as Dumbledore. The fact that, I mean, we see it in um, the Prince's Tale chapter, but like how disgusted Dumbledore was by the fact mm-hmm. that Snape would have been perfectly fine and asked for just Lily to be spared. Yeah. And he was totally fine with the other two being murdered. Lily wouldn't have wanted to live. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. just read this part. Um, it's after Harry and Hermione leave Bethilda's house and Voldemort is thinking not here, not in Godric's hollow again. And Voldemort's thinking to himself, she has nothing to fear. Um, I'm sorry. Shut up. You're an absolute fool. And, um, just that she had nothing to fear because he was going to, he was going to spare he was going to let her live. And then he was like, you know what? It'd be more prudent to just like murder all of them and just could be done. Yep. There were worthier women. Blah. Yeah. Um, now, what we do know, though, is that Lupin doesn't know or understand Snape's love for Lily. And neither does Harry. And so- neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the fact that Snape said he'd give up anything for this, like for Lily, that was where the trust came from, because I believe it's because it had to do with love in Dumbledore's eyes. I don't know. But, you know. Anyway, I don't know, because I feel like I'm going to need Lori to convince me that it's actually love because it feels icky. I know. Okay. I know. Samantha says something in the chat uh, about Snape. He wanted Lily and it didn't matter how broken she would be. Oh, no. Well, he probably thought that like that would be like using the resurrection stone. There would be a veil. Right. Right. You know, right. Uh, I want to pull out Lori's book. I don't have it with me right now. I have. I have Urban's book, but I don't have Lori's right here. I'm almost done with my section and I'm going to go grab it because it's right on my bookshelves in the living room. This is the conversation to have. So this is this is how obviously we know that Harry does not know the full story because right here he says, and he didn't think my mother he and he didn't think my mother was worth a damn either, said Harry, because she was muggle born mudblood, Mm. he called her. Mm, And this this is where Harry is wrong. So at this point, everyone really just seems to be in shock over what they're hearing. And now it's yellow. It's my turn. Sorry. And I'm going to go grab Lori's book really quick. Yes, please. I'll BRB. As Alana now says, please with cheese. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Because everything's better with cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Um, before I start, I have to point out that in this section, every, almost everyone in this situation is somehow putting the blame on themselves. And that is classic survivor's guilt. Even Hermione, like, because this, 
I mean, it could happen even with not a severe loss, but this is such a severe loss to the wizarding world, particularly these people who are in this room right now. So like any chance at all that your brain can make that connection, you're like, oh my God, it's my fault. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Max trying so hard to get up. <laughs> of course, everywhere. Um, so Remus says it isn't your fault, Minerva. And he's very firm about that. Um, they all wanted more help and they were glad to think that Snape was on his way. Um, so mm. Harry, of course, wants every detail, quote, of Snape's duplicity and infamy, femur oh my God, feverishly <coughs> collecting more reasons to hate him, to swear vengeance. So like Harry has already hated Snape, right? But now it's like literally undesirable number one in mm -hmm. Harry's brain. Um, so McGonagall's distracted. She's saying she doesn't really know exactly how it happened. It was all very confusing. Dumbledore told all of them that he was leaving the school for a few hours and that they should patrol just in case. So it was Remus, Bill, Tonks, and then whoever was already at Hogwarts. All seemed quiet. Every secret passageway was covered. No one was able to fly in. And every entrance had powerful enchantments, probably put on there by Dumbledore himself and then reinforced by all the teachers, kind of like how we see them, like, put more enchantments on in Seven. Whether that's a movieism or not, I believe it happened anyway. Um, quote, I still don't know how the Death Eaters can possibly have entered. Hugh Harry being like, well, I know that too. And he explains about the Vanishing Cabinet. And then, almost against his will, he glanced from Ron to Hermione, both of whom looked devastated. So, I think this is a moment where, like, it's almost uh, involuntary that he's just like, yeah, and you didn't believe me, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though, like, I don't think he will ever, like, rub it in their faces like that, but it's, like, almost... I don't know. It's a... I mean... It's a big deal. It resulted in something huge, obviously. And Harry's been on him since, like, jump, you know? Yeah. Like, aware. I mean, literally before school started this year. Right. Yeah. So here's Ron putting the blame on himself. He says that he messed up. Mm -hmm. They started out doing as Harry told, checked the map, but they couldn't see Malfoy, so they went up to the room of requirement they being Ron, Ginny, and Neville. Mm -hmm. But Malfoy got past them because Malfoy came out about an hour after they had started watching with his hand of glory. I hear that every time I read that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, which I'll do a little reminder on what that is. And like, I forgot that it's actually real. Like I did that the last lore. time I brought it up. Did I you? Like, yes. I feel like we do this every single time because we all forget that it's like a real deal. It's kind of like amazing and horrible, but yes. you know, um, Jenny calls it that shrivel, that awful shriveled arm. Well, yeah. And uh, it does give light only to the holder. So, yeah, it often appears in mystic lore. It's described as a severed and preserved human hand with a candle on it. It's got various powers that are supposed to be able to immobilize anyone who looks at it or unlock any door that it comes across. It's traditionally used by thieves. 
Um, you can see in total darkness, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. The hand is said to be that of an executed criminal, usually by hanging. And most often the criminal himself or herself is a murderer or other sort of serious felon. Yeah. So it's a real great piece of magical artifact. I don't remember if we talked about this and if we did. Sorry, but, you know, I forget things instantly. So everything's like a brand new adventure every day. <laughs> um, so this myth is probably derived from the mandrake plant, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and in this, it was called mandragora also, which that's also in Potter. Um, mm -hmm. The etymology, <laughs> the, the name mandragora closely resembles the French phrase of main de la glory. I probably said the horrible, but that means hand of glory. Very interesting. And it's also interesting yeah. that like mandrakes are considered kind of humanoidish. Yeah. It's very interesting. Humanoidish. Humanoidish. Um, okay. So the moment that Malfoy saw them when he pops out of the room requirement, Hey, it's me. He uses the <laughs> Peruvian instant darkness powder. And Ron says, Fred and George's, I'm going to mm -hmm. have a word with them about who let, who they let buy their products. Oh. I think they pulled that from the shelves. Mm. Nope. No. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. Kept it for themselves and only the order, maybe? Yeah, maybe. It's too so tricky. Jenny says, right. Jenny says they tried everything. They tried Lumos, Incendio, but the darkness would not lift. Malfoy was fine. He was guiding all the death leaders in because he had his hand. They could hear people rushing past them, but they couldn't throw any curses because they didn't want to hit each other. Um, so then Remus chimes in, keeps filling in the story. Ron, Ginny, and Neville ran, almost ran into them and immediately told them what happened. They found the Death Eaters minutes later. They were heading for the astronomy tower. Quote, Malfoy obviously hadn't expected more people to be on the watch. Which is good for the good side. Um, a fight broke out and they scattered. Gibbon is the one who mm -hmm. set off the mark. And he, I liked this. Mm -hmm. He must not have liked the idea of waiting up there alone for Dumbledore. Someone was a little scared. Because <laughs> he came running back downstairs to join the fight. But he was hit with a killing curse. Friendly fire. Uh, and apparently it just missed Remus. I think that that's interesting <sighs> that he's the one that ca that cast the mark. And he's the one who died. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. It was almost like he was casting it for himself. <gasps> Ooh. You got a boo-boo on your foot. What? <laughs> 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 I don't want to touch it. Don't you remember that Alana video? Oh, that's Alana. Yep. 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 <laughs> she does it all the time now. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Almost Hermione's turn to blame herself. So Harry looks to Hermione, confirming that she was outside Snape's office with Luna. And Hermione says they hung around there for ages. Nothing was happening. They didn't know what was going on upstairs because Ron had the map, which had to be terrifying. So just yeah. like, because like a minute in those moments feels like an hour. Forever. It's like doing um, a plank. I don't know what, what happened to me <laughs> in that moment. I'm like down there waiting for something to happen. I would have to pee. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, nervous yeah. poops. Okay, but like, hello. Do I go oh now? yeah, that too. No, but like, do you ever <laughs> like when when you were younger and you would like play hide and seek? When it was my turn to hide, as soon as I found my hiding spot, 
I had to pee. Oh my like gosh. literally every time it's anxiety. the worst yeah it's probably anxiety like, or nerves gonna be here yeah i have anxious peas all the time man things i didn't know that signaled that i had anxiety <laughs> all the way back <laughs> to the hide sense, and seek right? days <laughs> seriously i would be like as soon as i'd find my spot i'd be like oh, i have to pee now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh my god um okay it was almost midnight when Flitwick comes flying down to the dungeons, <laughs> shouting about Death Eaters, lion. <laughs> shouting mm-hmm. about Death Eaters in the castle, bursts in the Snape's office, and Hermione and Luna heard a loud thump, and then Snape came hurtling out of the room and saw them. And Hermione <clears throat> says, I was so stupid, Harry, she said in a high-pitched whisper. Snape told them about told them that Flitwick had collapsed and that they should go and take care of him while he went to go fight the Death Eaters. Quote, we went into his office to see if we could help Professor Flitwick and found him unconscious on the floor. And oh, it's so obvious now. Snape must must have stupefied Flitwick, but we didn't realize. Harry, we didn't realize we just let Snape go. First, Mm. hindsight's 20-20, obviously. Right. But then second, I was like, why did Snape stupefy Flitwick? So I looked it up and good old stack games came in, came in clutch. Um, so he stupefied Flitwick, according to this, these people, because say Flitwick comes in and is like, yo, there's Death Eaters in the house. We got to go. Mm-hmm. And they both go together. Whether they like if they met Death Eaters, how was Snape going to act mm-hmm. in that situation? Right. He had to go into the battle alone. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise compromise like, what was he supposed to do kill flitwick like snape doesn't want to kill anybody right including dumbledore so like stupefying him was the easiest way to avoid any of that mm-hmm. genius yeah i no, mean that's it smart. sucks but he's not a dumb dude played that role real well yeah, i like what Vinny said this is the author trying to make the reader believe that snape is the bad guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's just a little hint for you to go into Deathly Hollows thinking he is on Voldemort's side. Right. And the way that Deathly Hollows opens is Vol- or Snape going to meet with Voldemort. Like, so it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. That's it. And that's <laughs> the end of part one. That's it. That's it. All right, let me pull these questions. Look at I saw some coming through. I can again remember how to do this. I did it. All right. Okay, Isaiah asks, this is talking about the bill situation. Do you think that Dumbledore would have known what to do? I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I honestly believe that if Madame Pomfrey didn't have anything and Remus didn't know of anything, there was nothing that Remus or there, <laughs> there was nothing that Dumbledore was going to be able to do. Yeah, werewolf stuff is I, is equal to curses. Yeah, like it's different. I, yeah, yeah, if yeah, if Dumbledore's sick hand couldn't get cured by either one of them, <laughs> so funny. I don't sick think hand. I don't think that this was going to be any different. This is an interesting question from Marguerite. (laughs) 
Do you think Bill would ever face the same amount of discrimination as Lupin? I know sometimes in real life society, people can judge or discriminate those who are different. Uh, not the same level. Different. Yeah. yeah. I think he would be discriminated against because of how he looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he has to like register as a werewolf. He's not going to transform. So he doesn't have any of that. Which, he doesn't have all the stigma, but he mm-hmm. does. I think it's have his a looks. different stigma. Yeah. Either way, it's Bob Shorts. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Remember when Tiffany called Hagrid? Bob? <laughs> 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 so good. Oh man, uh, this yeah. is a fun one. <laughs> Mia asks, "Is Chicken Wing Voldy a mm. flat or a drum?" I kind of think he's a flat. I think he's a flat as well because of the way he's in the fetal position. In the way he's like bent up. It's like the two bones. Yeah, it's like meeting. Yeah, that's a flat. Legs give me the. He's a flat. He's a flat. Yeah, Yeah, he's a flat. flat. Very dry. (laughs) (laughs) I feel Uh, like the flat. It has more bones too, and he's got like those weird tiny bones. Yeah. Stop! It's yeah. so gross. <laughs> so gross. It's so gross. I love the little like quiz, quiz in quotes, uh, chicken wing or Voldemort. And then there's like yes. a bunch of pictures. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Back in the day, Bev made a graphic <laughs> that was all these different types of chicken wings. And then Voldemort was just like randomly in it. And you I'm not kidding. It. it took me a minute to find Voldemort. That was my first exposure to, exposure <laughs> to Chicken Wing Voldemort. Didn't yeah. realize the rest of the world was out there. I know. So funny. Oh, man. Oh, okay. man. Jess asks, what sad ballad would you sing if you were Fox? Uh, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> that's Fozzie. That's literally Fozzie every time he's hungry. <laughs> which is all the time. <laughs> God. Uh, what's a sad song? I don't, Sarah would know. <laughs> she got oh, a whole list of them. All too well. Ten minute version. Oh my god. <laughs> I was gonna go. Hold on, good Charlotte. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, well, it gets better than horn. you know. <gasps> What'd you say? Oh, Dumbledore didn't hold on. That's so sad. What about Untitled by Simple Plan? There we go. That's a good one. Too. Jeez. How could this happen to me? As he's falling down the tower. How could this happen to me? I made, I made my mistakes. mistakes. I tried I... to live right. Dang. I got a sick hand. And I'm fading away. <laughs> Sad songs. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, gosh. 50 best sad songs. Let's see. According to this person. (laughs) Nothing compares to you. (laughs) Oh, jeez, Louise. Oh, man. Um, There's a lot of these that I do not know. Oh my god. Yeah. This is how we get through this stuff, right? Right. <sighs> really? There's a lot of songs on here. <laughs> I don't know. 
Keep going. All right. Blake asks, would you say that no one had as much faith in Dumbledore as Hagrid? Because no one else thought to think that maybe Dumbledore told Snape to kill him. Oh, Hagrid. That's Dumbledore's man through and through. Mm -hmm. Even more than Harry. Hagrid. I agree. Harry in the end gets there, but has his doubts. I'm not saying he's wrong to have his doubts, but pretty sure Hagrid was just like 100%. Harry has a lot of Dumbledore feelings. Isaiah. What? I don't need that gif in my face. Terrible. (laughs) It's Dumbledore slowly falling. uh, Over and over Tumbling. 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 Yeah, it's Dumbledore's tumble. Uh, let's see. Let's do a one more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> with arms wide open <laughs> under the moonlight, <laughs> I'm falling from this tower. Please fix my glasses. <laughs> Okay, I, I got I got one. I apologize. <laughs> we were just being filler. Yeah, thank you. Um, <sighs> Marguerite. Do they believe? So they believe Harry so wholeheartedly, but can't they see how blinded by his personal grudge against Snape might affect his view or that he doesn't have the full story? I think a lot of people are blinded by personal grudges against Snape. It's not just Harry's personal grudge against Snape. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's a fair... Also, Snape is an easy person to hate. Right. He didn't give them yeah. anything else to go off of. So. Yeah. There's... Yeah. He, he set... He has set his character up to be easily hated. That's just like... I mean, you know, that that's the beauty of gray characters, right? He is an easy person to be like, yeah, he did it. Also, and to just blindingly believe that. Also, I mean, is he protecting other people by being that way because he's not getting close to anyone? So nobody else is in danger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Give me that fan story. Okay. This fan story comes from Chrissy Fantasia from March of 2021. Mm. That feels not that long ago, but also is kind of long ago. I know. That's weird. Two years ago. Yeah. I was going to say a year ago. And then realized that was very wrong. Uh, Chrissy gives us some trigger warnings in the beginning, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trigger warning for death of a family member, depression, bipolar disorder, and suicide attempt. So if that bothers you at all, please skip to later on in the episode. Thank you. Uh, She also says, my last name is pronounced like the Disney movie, which helped me out immensely. And um, freaking garbage truck? Probably. It's quite loud. She says, I'm sorry this is so long, even though you say not to say sorry. Chrissy, are you a Hufflepuff? Mm. Yep, you are. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Dear Tiffany, Katie, Megan, and Sarah, I've been listening to Switch and Flick for over a year now and have put off writing my Potter story until now because this universe is such a big part of my life and I was afraid to not do it justice. But now I'm ready. 
I have never been quite sure what my house is. The original Pottermore quiz that I took in high school put me in Hufflepuff. When it took it more recently, it sorted of me into Slytherin, and my best nice. friend always tells me how accurate that is. However, I identify as more of a Ravenclaw with Slytherin tendencies. I'm very ambitious, but also love learning to an extreme. So call me what you will. Call it what you want to. You could be a Slytherin with Ravenclaw tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hat stall. Yeah. My Elvamarni house is Thunderbird. My Patronus is a Tonkinese cat. I've retaken the Patronus quiz several times and always get some sort of cat, even though I'm more of a dog or rabbit person. I feel that. My wand is Redwood with a unicorn hair core, 10 and 3 quarter inches with a rigid flexibility, which I think suits me. I first got into Harry Potter because my older sister, who is six and a half years older, was into it. When Goblet of Fire came out, she was so excited about it that I had to know what it was about even though I was only six years old at the time. <laughs> I started reading Sorcerer's Stone, but couldn't get past the first couple chapters before Harry arrives at Hogwarts. I feel that. <laughs> the same thing happened with Chamber <laughs> of Secrets, so I told myself it was time to move on to book three and that it was okay because I had seen the first two movies, so I knew their stories. Hmm. Valid. I get that. Those are, like, probably the two most, like... On. On. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna just watch a movie over reading the book, those two are the ones to do it for. Yes. Yeah. Prisoner was a difficult book for me since I was still in first grade, and I had to write down the Marauders' nicknames and who they represented on a bookmark so I could remember. Smart. I kept That's that book smart. Mm -hmm. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. We didn't say it at the same time. Whatever. It sounded the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're <laughs> a delayed because you're all the way over there and not in the basement. Right. <laughs> you know, right. we're a lot less of thousands of miles away now. <laughs> I kept that bookmark for several years, and whenever I read a new book, I would add a drawing to it. I had it from age six to sixteen when it was tragically misplaced. Oh, no. I hope it turns up somewhere later in life for you. Yeah. So for my first read through, I read Prisoner and Goblet. Then I read Order as soon as it was released. I had to wait for my older sister to read it first because she, quote, read faster. <laughs> and I was hooked. I reread the entire series, including the first book. We had an assignment to journal back and forth with our fourth grade teacher and the books we were currently reading. And I remember <laughs> her gently suggesting to me that I try reading something other than Harry Potter. No, ma'am, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> by the time the sixth book was coming out i was a true potterhead and was anxiously awaiting its delivery in the mail this happened to be the same week where something terrible happened in my family mm -hmm. my grandmother passed away my mom and i drove to my grandmother's house because the funeral was taking place in in that town and a few days later my sister and dad arrived half-blood prince had been delivered to our home address and my sister had read it I have a distinct memory of her walking in the door, handing it to me, and telling me I would love it. For the first, for the rest of our time there, that book was a comfort to me. When the seventh book arrived in the mail, I took it with me wherever I went and finished it very quickly. I read The Forest Again chapter while on the way to a restaurant with my parents and couldn't put it down, so I read it all through dinner. I remember locking myself in the bedroom to finish the last few chapters undisturbed, closing the book with finality and crying for this piece of my childhood that had come mm -hmm. to an end. But that is where my obsession took a new turn. In high school, I became greatly interested in the Marauders storyline, and I read countless fan fictions about them, wrote my own fan fictions, and drew fan art. Ah. Remus Lupin will forever be my favorite ah. character, and I ship Wolfstar pretty hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, not specifically like the Marauders and that kind of stuff, but like fan fiction took over my life in high school, too. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like the same type of pathway. And college. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and still. <laughs> um, the movies were also a fun part of my experience. My family sometimes goes to the movie theater on Thanksgiving because it's so empty. And we nice. saw Goblet there in 2005. Me and my mom would do that some years, too. And Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't think about it, you know? No. Uh-uh. Um, I remember being so excited because I wanted my mom to enjoy this thing that I loved so much. Order was the first movie I was allowed to go without parental supervision with my friend who was two years older than me. And I felt so cool and old. For the last three movies, my friends and I went to the midnight premieres. I wish I could experience these again. The bubbling excitement, knowing everyone there was just as pumped as you were. The costumes and fan shirts. I wore my seriously shirt with a paw print. <laughs> and the applause from the crowd at certain scenes. There's nothing more magical than a group of Potterheads in one place doing what they love. Amen. When the Fantastic Beast movie started coming out, my sister and I would meet up for dinner and see them, despite us now being despite us now both being adults and living two hours from each other. I love that. More recently, though, the Harry Potter universe has become a much bigger part of my story. I've struggled with depression for many years, which I just learned a few months ago is because I have bipolar disorder type 2. In 2018, I attempted to take my own life. The months and years following that have been very hard. I'm mm-hmm. getting better, but one of the things that always reminds me that life is worth it is the Potter universe. Mm-hmm. It's a constant that has been in my life since grade school, through middle school and high school, to college, and to my, quote, adult <laughs> life now, working and paying my own bills. I think that is why it provides so much comfort. It's something that I still have from my childhood when my life wasn't so crazy. Mm-hmm. These characters are my friends, and this world is my home. I love that. Yeah. I've reread the series at least once a year since then. Often have the films playing in the background, attend virtual online trivia sessions with my best friend, and perhaps most importantly, have found this podcast. Mm. Listening to you four talk about what I love the very most and hearing your laughs and hilarious exchanges is what gets me through some days. It really is like having a set of good friends who you can always turn to with a click of a button. I listen to all the current episodes in Felix Files, and I'm currently re-listening from the beginning. I love watching your YouTube vlogs, following you on social media, and partic- participating in the Facebook groups. I have posted in Swisher support several times, and everyone is always willing to lend an ear and a kind word. I want to thank all of you so much for the work that you put into this podcast. It truly means more than you know to your listeners. It helps me remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If only, if one only remembers to turn on the light. You are the light. <laughs> Thank you for everything, and don't let the muggles get you down. Chrissy Fantasia. I didn't know that Dumbledore quote was in there, and it feels very fitting for this episode. And I'm crying. Oh like, I have chills. <laughs> Chrissy, I see your name all the time in the Facebook group. <sighs> yep. Um, just thank you so much for being a part of the community. like, And, and, and being here. Yes, thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you. You are needed. Oh my yes. gosh. It always, <laughs> it just, I, I when I hear that like people connect with us so much and that like we help people, like that's honestly like mind blowing. It just makes me so happy. And, yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. I, we never, I know we say this all the time, but we like never thought that this would be what it is nope and like as much as it helps you guys i'm so emotional it <laughs> so helps it's us. okay it helps us, yeah. it helps it really us so much like it's helped me i mean i tell you guys like this podcast brought me back to life like it truly did it brought me back to life in the sense that like 
I'm Tiffany and these are the things I love and I'm not like, you know, all the other things in my life, but I'm, I can be me. So like, I don't know when, when, when we hear the impact that we've had on anybody, like it just, it makes me really happy and clearly emotional. <sighs> yeah. Tiff said it all. Tiff said it all. Chrissy, Chrissy, I, thank you. Just thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we love you. And we love you. And we're glad you're here. And thank you for being part of this crazy Swish community. <sighs> yes. I'm going to tell a really dumb joke now. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Uh, my books are over there, but and I found a good joke. Them. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to scoop. Um, okay, so I looked up a phoenix joke. Okay. What do you get when you touch a phoenix? I don't know what. Bird degreed birds? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Hilarious. Oh, jeez Louise. On that note, if you'd like to follow us on social media, myself and Katie are on Instagram and TikTok at the Petrus family. And <sighs> Tiffany is on Instagram and TikTok at Tiff Swish underscore flick. We need to wrap up this episode, but let's all just say one thing that we have done recently or are doing before we end the episode. Tiff, you go first. Um, Very slowly playing Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> same but like obsessed and i have to do an episode on it soon we should and hearing marty talk about um how much he loves it and enjoys it and how cool it is and how you know it started out as one thing and he's like tiffany it gets so good and i'm like i know mind um I just love that he's loving it and it's just something else that he and I can can connect on. He and I connect over video games so much, but it's so fun to have like a current brand new one to connect on. Yeah. It was so weird to hear Marty talk about puffskins. <laughs> I, I nearly like, died when you, he was like, look at my unicorns. He's like, I bred my thestrals. And I was like, you're saying my words. <laughs> You're speaking my language. My and then just like so excited to talk about it. It was awesome. It's yes. Isn't that like, I just yeah. love it so much. And um, when he was talking about like the game gets dark, I mean, I don't think that's a spoiler for anybody, but um, I think we all knew it was going to just based on the rating. Um, and I was like, this is why you should read the books. I was like, because it's not read them because they get dark, but read them because they get good and twisted and connected. And um, you have such a foundation for that game. And so like, we're going through things and I'll be like, I know this, blah, blah, blah. And I like say it about a certain person. And I'm like, go look at that tapestry over there. And <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's Do just you think cool. he'll read them? No. Tell <laughs> <laughs> him listen. Yeah. He has his little money podcast that he listens to and whatever. He nerds out Tell in different ways. In I don't like it. I wish he would, though. That would be, I feel like that would be so cool, but I would be annoying as frick. 
<laughs> I would be an, I would be insufferable if he read those books. So I don't blame him. <laughs> I just hit level 30 today. Cool. I'm literally half your levels. I'm 55% through, I think. <laughs> I'm in no rush. And I'm going to be in no rush honestly, when, when Tears of the Kingdom come out, too. Like, I'm going to take that so slow. I want to, like, start it over again when I finish. I'm going to ask Marty what level he is. I'm stream a replay. I'm pretty sure I'm 19. But, I but I'm not far in the story. Like, storyline yeah. stuff, I'm not far at all. But, like... I keep trying to balance it good. Mar like, I try to, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marty goes, you are such a high level to be this far, like, in the story. And I'm like, what? He goes, I struggled with, like, fighting and stuff. And I was like, I'm just stronger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I've also been playing Hogwarts Legacy, but I also just started the book Daisy Jones and the Six. And guys, it's so good. It's so so I'm listening to it. And um it's like interview style. And that's what that's how I thought it was gonna be. And I was really I was like, I wanna listen to this one because I think that that's how it's gonna be. And I was so excited that it was. Um, so I think that if you want to read that book, I highly recommend the audiobook if you like audiobooks. Um, I'm really, really, really liking it. So, yeah. It's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I just love, I just love her writing. She did The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, also a great book. So. Katie, what's up with you? <laughs> um... I can't play soccer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nope, can't. Uh, I don't know if we explained it on the pod. No, we did last episode, right? Anyway, thought it'd be fun to join an adult soccer league. Um, I played for approximately 45 seconds before I turned and felt a pop in mm -hmm. my knee. That's never and good. And now I'm wearing a brace and have crutches and am awaiting an MRI appointment. <laughs> so Meg has been my Meg Express and has been carrying me to the bathroom. <laughs> I, can, I can just faster I can get than there. The crutches. Yeah. Well, and also you got a new brace today that is it's a, a lot better. Is better so it's way more stability. So yeah. Mm. yeah, it's been interesting. Yep. And I'm trying not to be as bummed as I think I am. Because I don't know how this is going to affect my running in the near future. So. Yeah, we're supposed to uh, go back to Disney in April for her runs. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah, those are in like five weeks. And so. what's so frustrating mm -hmm. is like, this was just supposed to be for fun. Yeah. And as far as injuries go, I'm like, sure, I'll get shin kicks and I'll get bruises. I'll probably fall on my butt a ton, like, and you know, whatever. But, like, but I never, never expected this. this. So hopefully, I mean, it's still early. Like I went to the doctor. They only know so much because we don't have imaging yet. Mm -hmm. Yay, American insurance. Um, so like <sighs> we don't know till we know. So it could like it could get better in that amount of time. I don't know. I hope so. Hopefully it's not anything too bad. But yeah. We shall see. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's that my life. To you. <laughs> it's frustrating. Too. It's frustrating it's to be frustrating. down. I I understand. Not being able, like, I'm always, like, up 
doing something and now i have to be like very careful yeah because i'm unstable i hate it i'm like yeah. mag can you do this and this and can you get me that and i'm thirsty and now i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> but she's been awesome i'm sorry it's terrible <sighs> you'll so, get through it though yep for sure it'll be okay for sure it'll be okay yeah. So just send healing vibes our way. I appreciate all the really kind words that people have sent. It's yeah. amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you. It makes me smile. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, shout Ooh. out to Janine because she got a bingo tonight. Bingo. Helping out Ravenclaw. They don't need any more help. I know, right? <laughs> I know. But let's see what are. They don't need it. Mm-mm. What are someone's gonna do it before me? Probably. Mia. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ravenclaw um, broke 7K. Yeah. 7,169 for Ravenclaw. 6,421 for Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff, you're doing really good. Yeah, you yeah. really are. 5,678 for Slytherin. You know what? Whoever that person is, they get negative points. Okay, Honestly, you guys so are lucky you don't know what house they're in. Uh, Red <laughs> Four thousand six hundred and twenty-one for Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm not that I'm surprised by Hufflepuff. I'm just excited for you. <laughs> We're all in a different thousand bracket. Right? Um, to be fair, currently, as of this recording. Gryffindor rubies are scattered on the ground, so not all the points are counted. (laughs) You know, I'll give that to you because I'm real sad about it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I don't even. What a ride. What did we do tonight? What's this for? Uh, what did we talk about? Did we, did we name this guy? No. No, we didn't. <laughs> Quick, somebody give us an episode. Yeah, I hate when we don't have a name later. and then we have to post it. <laughs> and then we're like, wow, why do I right? Oh, man. People are Four. typing. <laughs> Names. What did you say? Hugely what? Hugely awful. <laughs> there it is. I like that. Oh, but for chicken awful. wings and sadness. Oh, that, okay, like wait, that. no, but. Oh. Kiss the corpse. Mm. Oh. Now I don't know. Oh, that The episode is for chicken wings and sadness. I agree with this. Should it just be, whoa, what a swim? Whoa. Whoa, what a swim. I like that. Oh, that could have been one for the lake, though. Aww. Too bad. I bet we said it then. I Did bet we? we said it then. You would have if it was anybody. True. I love that quote. It makes me laugh. I love the way he said it. That's the court of wings and knees. <laughs> oh I wish God. I had a pair of wings right now. I wouldn't have to walk on this knee. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. All right. Well, for knees, chicken wings, and sad oh, songs. <laughs> and what are colors that's all all right so that concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down amazing my voice (laughs) 
Oh, I'm reading verbatim whoever wrote that, and I, it's probably Catherine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's get started because we are 30 minutes behind. <laughs> I know. All right. Apparently, we're quiet for everyone, though. Uh, it's not funny if I don't laugh, I'll cry. I want to scream into the void. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 